Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, Tampa Bay sports fans. Welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. I'm your host, Jim Barron. The number here is 877-448-7901. Email, as always, is sports at power901.com. Lots to get into today. We're going to talk about the Rays, talk about the Bucks, and some other things going on in the sports world. So get your questions ready. We'll be right back to get the show started. And now, Tree Heroes of Florida is reminding Americans to show support to the brave men and women who serve in our U.S. military. Their tireless effort should never go unnoticed. This salute is from Tree Heroes of Florida, backed by years of tree service experience. For tree trimming, removal, stump grinding, and more. Trust the name we trust, Tree Heroes of Florida. Call today and ask about their troop and veteran discounts. 727-307-9220. That's 727-307-9220. That's Tree Heroes of Florida. They're professionals. Who care? Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Lots to talk about, so let's get right to it. The question of the day is going to be, who is to blame for the Bucks' loss last night? Um, as they were playing the Chicago Bears, they lost 20 to 19. Uh, I want you to go to jimmybsports.com and type in who you think uh, was most at fault for the Bucks losing that game last night. There's a lot to analyze if you look at the game. I've never seen um, Tom Brady look so out of sync as he did from the second quarter on last night. He obviously still not 100% used to the offense that Bruce Arians has implemented. I think that uh, at times he was pressured, he was sacked, he got aggravated. You could see him on the sideline uh, taking it out on some of his offensive linemen. I think he was mostly directed towards himself. You could see how aggravated he was. I will say this, though. When you have those kind of penalties, 12 penalties, you're not going to win too many games. You're not going to um, shoot yourself in the foot on a game like that and expect to come out on the correct side of the score. Now, saying all that, they still had a chance, despite all the penalties, despite the um, lack of discipline on offense, they still had a chance at the end. And how many times have you seen Brady get the ball at the end of the game with a minute to go, a minute 13 to go, like they had last night, and and pull off a victory. So I think everyone expected him to do the same thing last night. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't it didn't come out that way. We'll talk about how it ended up and why it ended up that way. Uh, if you follow the game, I think that it, it goes back to this. Number one, there are some offensive calls that Tom Brady just missed. He missed the reads. He missed the throws. He looked at the wrong receivers. So I'm going to start with him. I'm not going to give him a, a pass on this game by any stretch. I think that um, a big reason up until the last drive, I think that he played a very subpar game for him. I think he will he would agree to the same thing. Also, I think that you have a situation where the penalties that we already discussed were something that has to be fixed yesterday. You can you can understand a bad play. You can understand a receiver running a bad route. You can 
uh, an interception, a fumble, whatever it might be. But when you continuously lead the league in penalties, a lot of them from the offensive line, a lot of penalties that just shows the undisciplinedness of your unit when you're playing you can't do that. Then you have some personal fouls. The Chicago Bears did a great job of just goading these players into an intentional foul, into a personal foul. You saw Jensen do it. You saw them get into Mike Evans's head last night. These guys are too good to let them do that. You have to stop allowing teams to get into your head and getting these penalties. So you had a combination. Brady having an off game, missing some reads, missing some throws, a lot of penalties. I think I believe there are 12 of them. And then you have some calls that were very, very questionable that these referees were making. For example, that the one on, on Shaq Barrett with the sack, that, was, that wasn't a, a penalty. That was nowhere even near one. It gave the Bears a first down, an opportunity to move the ball. And there are other ones as well. Uh, the first thing I'm going to take away from this game, however, is the injury to Vita Vea. Uh, very, very discerning. He broke his leg, believe it was down the ankle area. He's going to be out probably for the rest of the season. Um, if the if the Bucks were to go on this year, as many people have thought, and continue to have a great season, get to the playoffs, and maybe make a run in the playoffs, it would come down to how effective their defense would be in stopping other teams, obviously. And Vita Vea was one of the anchors of that defense. Losing him is a huge loss for this team right now. I know um, OJ's out. OJ Howard's out as well. A couple people still banged up a little bit. Fournette, uh, Godwin. But when you have uh, Vea going down, that's going to um, make it a little bit harder for this team to win some of the games on that side of the ball. Next man up, that's the way the story goes. Go in there, make the changes, make the necessary adjustments, and keep playing and you know win games. That's what the NFL is all about. But I just wanted to get that out of the way, saying that Vita Vea's loss is definitely going to um, hurt the Bucs in the long run here. We'll see if we can overcome it. Getting back to the game last night, as bad as the Bucks played throughout the game, the final score was 20 to 19, like I mentioned. The Bucks had every chance to win that game in the last two and a half minutes, not once, but twice. They got the ball back with, I think, 235 to go. They not only had to punt the ball, but they burned less than 30 seconds off the clock. How does that happen? Yeah, the other team has timeouts, but just very, very poor clock management. Um, again, the decisions that were made by Brady on that possession uh, really made them um, have to kick the ball back to the Bears who got the ball at midfield and they get the ball at midfield with uh, two minutes to go. Nick Foles leads the team down and they kick a field goal. So uh, the Bears go from being down 19-17. to 17, Now they're up 20-19 to 19 with a minute... 13, I believe, to go in the game. All right, so we're down by one. We got the ball back. Minute 13 to go. Uh, the kickoff's going to go into the end zone. So we'll get the ball and go from there. How many times, have, like I said, have you seen Brady lead the team down and get into field goal range? I think most of the people watching the game at that point thought that the Bucks were still going to win. So they come out. First play, I believe, was a pass to Evans 
on the left sideline. He got 12 yards on that one. Uh, so now we're only about 25 yards away from field goal range for Suckup to go ahead and uh, put the game away for us. Pass, let's do the same thing to the other side. Um, bad pass, didn't connect. Uh, third down, uh, they try another play that did not work. Then all of a sudden they throw a pass across the middle to Cameron Brait. Now, Brait wasn't anywhere near it being open. There were two guys, third guy right around, nothing. At that point, that was fourth down. If you watched Brady at that point, he thought that there was still another down to be played. He's holding four fingers up, looking over at the sideline, and you know he was totally discombobulated with what was going on at the end of that game. Um, I know if you listen to some shows today and other people talking – um, you know, they were saying he was to blame and not knowing he was flustered and everything else. And it was pretty obvious at that point that he did think that the last play was third down. He still had one more play to go. Obviously, he was wrong. You don't get five downs. Maybe he was used to uh, somehow Belichick getting a uh, fifth down up there in New England. But uh, that doesn't work for most of the other teams. Anyway, we took the loss. And if you look at what happened... Um, if you look at the loss, it was it put us at three and two. So you know three three and two, the two losses we have to the Bears and to the Saints. So obviously, uh, Saints are a pretty good team. The Bears, I, I don't believe they're as good as their record shows. That was a game that we definitely should have won last night. I think the issues are with the Bucks right now. Is everyone can just take a chill pill? It's one game. One game is not going to make or break the season at this point. If you look along other teams and what they do and the teams that really you know, make the run and, 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 and fortify their statue around playoff time, all that winning is done in December. You have to go out and win the games in December. So we're a little bit away from that. It's only October. I still say, I had an email with a question, do you still think they're going to be able to win 12 games based on what happened last night? I do. I mean, they're, they're, like I said, they're 3-2 and two right now. I think that they have 10 days off before they have to play again. When they come back, they'll be playing Green Bay. Um, you know what? I, I, I don't think we're going to beat Green Bay. I'll, I'll say it right now. I hope I'm wrong. But I, I think that Green Bay will probably win. And the only other game on the rest of the schedule that I see us having a hard time with is Kansas City. So there's there's four losses. I still see the 12 and four. So getting a little bit ahead of ourselves right now. But I think that if you look, we have 10 days to figure out what we did that was not so good last night. It starts at the top. Arians, for the first time, was actually taking some of the blame for what happened. He says it starts with him and his coaching staff. I will say it starts with him and the coaching staff to correct the penalties. You cannot have those stupid, stupid penalties. I go back to the one that Jensen had, the one that uh, Evans. They get into these guys' heads and they that they go them on to get them a, a penalty, and, and it works. So we have to stop those. Stop the penalties. We'll be ahead of the game. But as far as the offense goes, Brady did look flustered to me last night, watching him in the pocket. He's not used to getting rushed and not used to getting hurried and sacked. Um, that's an issue that he has to, uh, you know, dissect and work it out himself. I'm sure there'll, there'll be meetings today and 
you know, every other day for the next nine days here, trying to figure out ways of protecting him and, and getting some play. I, I, I also, I also don't understand sometimes why you have Hudson in there as a tight end and trying to go to him more times than not. I don't understand that situation. You have to look at Brait. I know Howard's hurt. Gronkowski, I don't know what's wrong with Gronkowski right now. He did not look himself last night as well. He looks like a uh, a robot in there sometimes. So I think that, uh, you know, there has to be a little bit of a meeting of the minds and figure out what his role is going to be and, and, and think of something to get him maybe involved a little bit more. So those, those are the things I think, you know, the coaching with the penalties, Brady understanding a little bit better where he has to maybe get out of the pocket sometimes a little bit more than he'd like to. And again, let's get the whole team healthy. Let's get Fournette back in there. Let's get Godwin able to, um, you know, spread out the uh, defense. He's the person that can cause some distance with the uh, D-backs and get open down the field more so than Evans. So I'm not concerned about the Bucks right now. The game last night, they played lousy. I think everyone will um, ad- admit to that and we'll find a way to come back and, um, you know, play in 10 days and improve on the mistakes that we made last night. So hopefully the rest of the team can stay healthy and we can move on from there. So we're going to come back, talk about the Rays game last night, which, uh, you know, last night had a good chance to, you know, be a great night for Tampa Bay in all sports. Unfortunately, it um, it wasn't. But we're going to come back and dissect that game as well and talk about tonight's game. We'll be right back on the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a hundred years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and -and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-943-2195. 800-943-2195. That's 800-943-2195. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. So as we mentioned, uh, not only did the Bucks lose last night, but the Rays lost the game last night as well, evening up their series at two games apiece with uh, Game 5, the pivotal game, where to take all tonight. So that's going to be a great game. Talk a little bit about the game last night. I think that... Um, you know, it was a must game for the Yankees. Their backs were against the wall. They came out. Um, we scored, bottom line is we scored one run. We're not going to beat the Yankees scoring one run at any time during the season. So I think that it's going to uh, come down to a game five tonight where you have Tyler Glasnow on the mound for us going against Garrett Cole uh, for the Yankees. Just a little bit about... These two pitchers, it's really an unusual situation because uh, Cole pitched game one. 
So he's going on only three days rest. Uh, he usually goes on five days rest, but um, uh, he's going on three days rest right now. But like, you know what? That's why he signed a $320 million contract. If Steinbrenner was still alive, he would have been in the locker room after the game last night saying, all right, better be ready to go for tomorrow. That's how he would have handled that. But um, you know, I, I think you have Cole against, like I said, Glass now. It's even stranger for Glass now because he started game two. So he's working on only two days rest. Um, it's really a very unusual situation. I do think that that is going to be the um, storyline in this game. Now, when the lights come on and it's ready to go, it doesn't matter really if you have two games, three games, four games, or ten days in between. you got to be ready to play uh, between the lines there and the diamonds. So I, I know that both of these guys are professionals. They'll be out there and uh, they'll be giving it all they have. It's very reminiscent of last year's Game 5 when the Rays played the Yankees. Because if you remember, Garrett Cole was with the Astros last year, and he pitched against Glasnow in Game 5 and ended up beating us. So we definitely have a little bit of the uh, revenge factor there working for us. Uh, Whether or not it's going to mean anything come game time, we'll see. I do believe that we have the the better bullpen has been shown all year round. I I think that uh, we have some pitchers ready to go. Uh, I believe, though, no matter what, it's going to come down to um, our bats. We really need to have a big game. I know that um, Austin Meadows and uh, Lowell are the top uh, one and two batters in the lineup later on tonight. So they really need to set the pace for for the team. We're not gonna we're not gonna score one run, no matter how. How well Glasnow pitches or bullpen pitches. You know, we can put Nick Anderson in there. We can put Pete Fairbanks, you know, Diego Castillo, anyone we want. But they're not going to score runs for us. So we need to get the bats going and outscore the Yankees tonight. Our, our pitching will take care of itself um, no matter what. It's just a matter of us being able to rattle the bats and get up there and, and put some uh, runs on the board. If we can do that, uh, now we win the series, it would be, even though we had the better record, uh, 40 and 20 season, we would still be an upset. And, um, you know, we would be playing the Astros in the um, American League Championship Series. So it'd be nice to get revenge on them as well. Obviously, one game at a time, one series at a time. But we'd love to hear your thoughts on um, both things uh, as far as the game five and as well as the pitchers. Like I said, one's going on three days rest. One's going on two days rest. I believe Cole threw like 97 pitches in game one. Uh, number here, 877-448-7901. Email sports at power901.com. I believe the last time a pitcher pitched on uh, three or two days rest was back in 1965 when you had uh, the Dodgers uh, there was a decision that had to be made whether you go with uh, Casey Stengel or um, um, uh, Drysdale, I believe it was. So um, it's been a long time since you had a manager making a decision to start a pitcher. I want to hear your thoughts also about Snell. Snell pitched game one. You have Glass now who started game two. What's that saying about 
um, Kevin Cash's decision to, to start Glass now in this game versus Snell. Do you want to have Snell coming out of the bullpen? Maybe that's um, something that could be uh, some sort of strategy. I think that because Snell gave up three home runs in that game, came into some of the thinking of the decision to start Glass now tonight. Uh, I don't think it's a bad decision. Of course, you never know until it starts um, playing out and see what happens. But I think that um, if we're able to keep the the big hitters on the Yankees down for the first one or two at-bats, that I believe that we have a very, very good chance of going on and, and winning this game and, and moving on. Again, I do think it's going to come down to our uh, offensive decisiveness. We have to play aggressive. We have to steal some bases. We have to not make any errors um, in the field as far as our aggressiveness uh, on the field. No, making sure that we don't get caught into any rundowns, making sure that uh, all the decisions are uh, good, solid ones at the time. So I'm confident that we're going to have a good game tonight, and hopefully next time we talk, it will be the uh, Rays and the Astros playing and, um, you know, taking that series one game at a time and then moving on from there. So, again, we'd love to have your thoughts on everything. If you go to jimmybsports.com, type in a remark, and you get it read on the air. Let me know what you think. Uh, also, the bad blood between these two teams. Obviously, you haven't seen uh, anyone getting hit by pitches like uh, the history that we have. Do you think you'll see that tonight? Uh, you never know. You never know with these two teams. It should be a great game. I'm looking forward to um, uh, watching it and seeing what uh, the final outcome is. Again, let me know what your thoughts are. We'll be right back to keep the show going on Power 90.1. You are in the gymnasium. The Property Shop, your one-stop shop for all of your real estate needs. Looking for homes for sale or rent in the Tampa market? Text HOMES to 71441. That's HOMES to 71441. The Property Shop is a full-service realty and management company with a team of partners to give you that extra peace of mind. The Property Shop is truly your one-stop shop, providing stellar service in all areas of realty. And right now, new home buyers will receive a one-year home protection warranty for that extra peace of mind on your next big purchase. More info online at The Property shopusa.com or 813-655-5000. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. We're going to touch a little bit on some college football, uh, some good games tomorrow. I want to give you the what I think are the four best games going in there from a state level, local level. We have the uh, Miami Hurricanes playing number one Clemson. Right now, the Canes are ranked seventh in the country, uh, having having a great year. We'll see how really good they are when uh, they're playing Clemson. I'll tell you, Clemson, last, the last score between these two teams combined has been 96-3 to three over the years. So Miami has a lot of work cut out for them to beat uh, Dabo Sweeney's Tigers. I think that the, the way you beat Clemson is you need to obviously pressure Trevor Lawrence, keep him a little bit off guard, and finally you need to be able to put up some points uh, because Clemson's going to score. Uh, they're gonna they're averaging 24, 25 points a game, and you're not gonna you're not gonna shut them out, you're not gonna not gonna hold them down. So I know Miami's defense is is stellar this year. They're gonna have, like I said, their work cut out for them. And I uh, I'm gonna predict that Clemson's gonna come away 
victorious in that game. It'll be a good game, but I do think it's going to be um, probably about a 14-point victory for Clemson at that point. The second game I wanted to touch on is Tennessee, ranked number 14 in the country. They're playing at number three, Georgia. Um, now, Tennessee's coming off a 35-12 victory over Missouri. And, um, you know, I think that that's going to be a good game. If you look at the Volunteers, I think they um, they make some big plays at some times that are uh, very crucial. Georgia, as always, um, you know, they're already up 17-0 on Auburn halfway through the second quarter. They can hit you pretty hard from uh, different directions on the on the ground mostly, uh, but they will find a way to get the job done. I think that um, in the long run, Georgia's going to end up prevailing in that game uh, probably by at least uh, 10 points as well. Uh, another local game, number four, Florida, is at number 21, Texas A&M. The Gators are in the top five right now. They're off to a hot start. Quarterback Kyle Trask and uh, his top receiver there, Kyle Pitts, they've already connected for six tu- six touchdowns this year. Um, so I think that A&M is, is one and one. They really haven't uh, played anything close to a borderline top 10 team. Uh, but I do think that uh, Florida will be able to uh, – persevere in that game. You never know with those two teams, though, but I, I do think I look for Florida to actually uh, come out ahead in that game probably by about the same 10 points as the as the previous game there. And the fourth game that I think is, is worth mentioning is number 19, Virginia Tech, is playing at North Carolina. I think Tech's going to have to throw the ball a little bit more to win. I think that um, you know, the Tar Heels Defense ranks ninth in success rate allowed and um, fourth in their marginal explosiveness. They have some great linebackers in Tamon Fox and Chaz Surratt. So I think that uh, you're going to look at some inconsistency versus some vulnerability in that game. I think that overall Carolina will most likely come out ahead, but it's going to be a a, a pretty close game as far as that goes. I know that when we talk about the college football down here, um, any time that the, the Gators or the Seminoles or uh, the Hurricanes are you know, in the hunt, it's always a great uh, year talking about those rivalries. Hopefully um, we'll have some uh, good scores to get back to next week when we talk. want to touch base a little bit also. You have the NBA uh, Finals game uh, five is going to be later on tonight where you have the uh, Miami Heat playing the Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers up in that series, three games to one. They could wrap it up tonight and be crowned the NBA champions in this uh, bubble year, bubble series, if you will. They're out in Orlando uh, playing. Uh, I think it's uh, number one. I will say that I believe the NBA has done a great job this year as far as getting the last um, couple games played in the regular season out there in those conditions, as well as the playoffs. There hasn't been any um, uh, hesitations in the games or any pauses due to uh, testing positive. So I'll give the players and the league credit for uh, that part of it as far as the actual team plays as well. I believe that it's been the Lakers year 
all year round. Uh, they dedicated their season, obviously, to the tragic Kobe Bryant uh, passing away earlier this year. They're wearing the uniforms tonight, the Mamba uniforms, um, which they were going to wait to wear in uh, Game 7. However, it probably won't be a Game 7, most likely, Um the Heat are going to lose before it gets to Game 7. But talk about uh, some bulletin board motivation. If you're Pat Riley and the um, Spolster, the coach of the Heat, and you, you know read in the paper about the Lakers wearing the uniforms that they're going to wear in Game 7 for Game 5, um, I believe that kind of motivates your team to uh, you know get fired up a little bit and, and say, hey, listen, they already think they won the title. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Heat win game five tonight, make it uh, three games to two, but the Lakers will definitely win this series. Um, most likely, most likely tonight, but it could possibly go one more game. Um, again, in the shortened season, I'm sure it was uh, hard for the players in that environment playing, um, but from a... Um, standpoint watching them it's a little bit harder watching them with no fans you don't have the uh, back to back travel days you don't have the same intensity that I believe you would have other years although this year has been like no other year when you break break it down sports wise or anything else so uh, do look forward to having an NBA champion crowned in the next probably 24 to 48 hours um Talking about anything else here, I want to just uh, touch base for a second. I know that um, Whitey Ford had passed away for the Yankees. Um, and I think the Yankees are actually wearing his number on their uh, team uniforms tonight. So just one more person uh, this year, unfortunately, that has passed away. I also want to uh, dedicate this show to a a good personal friend of mine, John Jones. He unfortunately lost his battle to cancer this past week. He was a friend of mine from Worcester, Massachusetts. He great athlete, played football and coached at Worcester State. So um, now my heart goes out to the family and um, great Patriots fan, sports fan. We had some great conversations over the years. So um, with all those things, I'd like to ask everyone to... Uh, enjoy their weekend. Watch the games on TV. Um, I believe they're going to be letting fans into the Bucks game coming up here in 10 days. So uh, cheer hard for the Rays. Hopefully we can move on and play the Astros in the next series. And, um, you know, stay safe, stay vigilant, and above all, stay positive. That's all the time we have today. I want to thank you for listening to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I've been your host, Jim Barron. It's been my pleasure to talk with you. Look forward to any of your comments. Again, email sports at power901.com. Talk to you next week. Jimmy B Sports Show. Take care. Have a great weekend.